been a while since I spoke about Disney and Hollywood, but uh, it's with with the end of the uh, writers' strike and with what's happening in Disney, I think it's time to revisit the issue. Um, one of the reasons that it took me so long is, frankly, because I don't care anymore, because I know that what is going to happen to Disney and to Hollywood is uh, a fait accompli. It's, it's inevitable at this point. But, um, as I have said multiple times on this show, where pop culture goes, so goes government. And, uh, in other words, pop culture is upstream of what happens in, in the general culture and, and in politics. So, what is happening in Hollywood, what's happening in Disney specifically, is that Disney has been beaten down so badly, what I had predicted uh, has actually come about, and that Disney is is in such financial dire straits that they are considering selling off major uh, parts of their uh, entertainment industry. They're talking about selling off... Uh, I think it's CBS that they own. It's either ABC or CBS. I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, but a, a television network. And uh, there was uh, rumors going around that they had a buyer for Lucasfilm, which I don't know uh, where that uh, where that's going. At this point in time, I haven't heard anything uh, additionally other than the fact that uh, pundits continue to say that, oh, Star Wars is dead now. Man, Star Wars has been dead. Uh, Star Wars died the very day that Disney bought Star Wars. Still, financially speaking, um, apparently Disney is in debt to the tune of about $45 billion with a B dollars. And they still have to, uh, they have to, uh, by contract, purchase the last third of Hulu from Comcast, which they would very much like to only spend $9 billion uh, doing. However, Comcast is rather insistent that it be closer to $27 billion, and apparently they're in uh, uh, talks right now in court uh, about that mediation. And uh, it looks like it's probably going to go Comcast's way. My guess is it's going to be around $21 million, but it's definitely not going to be anywhere close to the $9 billion that, uh, uh, or, uh, that, that Disney wants. So $21 billion uh, is probably going to be a closer number. And uh, along with that, um, and this part has not been confirmed, but it is rumored that Disney took a $30 billion bath on FTX uh, when that little Ponzi scheme uh, collapsed. So 
Disney's in really bad shape. Add to that the fact that they have not had a single profitable film in the past three years, not a solitary one. There were, they did claim on occasion that some of them broke even or did make a profit, but now that, but they were not disclosing the amount of money that they had spent making those movies. And now it's starting to leak out how much money they actually spent making these movies. And with that knowledge comes the fact that they lost, I mean, lots and lots and lots of money. Millions and millions, if not billions of dollars. And while we're speaking about losing billions of dollars, we're, we can talk about Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus has not been profitable since inception. Since it started, Disney Plus has not not brought in a profit and it has been consistently losing subscribers, especially the last couple of years. All of this combined has caused Disney's market capitalization to plummet and their stock prices to plummet for quite a while. While there was a, a, a nosedive, it seemed to level off around the $85 mark uh, when we're talking price per share, around the $89, $85. It just stayed there for a long time. And uh, a lot of people were wondering, including myself, who doesn't know a whole lot about the stock market. I only know an itty-bitty little bit. But a lot of us were wondering, why did it stall right there? Well, it turns out that um, a bunch of Disney, uh, high-level high Disney investor simps were basically passing around the, uh, the shares. And so they, they were just constantly buying shares to try to maintain that level and not let it drop below the $80 mark, which it just recently did, because they couldn't keep it up anymore. Disney's been playing this game of uh, hopefully we, the public, the consumers, uh, are going to figure out how brilliant their woke agenda is and, and how good their crappy uh, entertainment is. And it's just going to take some time before we realize what true geniuses and and luminaries they are unfortunately for them that never occurred nobody figured it out how how absolutely brilliant that uh, bob Iger and and all of his uh woke wankers are and we just stopped watching and we stopped subscribing to disney plus and we just started costing them lots and lots of money and then when they started having men dress up as women in the parks when they started uh, allowing their uh, cast members to behave inappropriately when they started allowing uh, their their uh, mascots to twerk and dance inappropriately in front of children People stopped going to their parks, and, and and even before this, people were were stopping going to their parks because they were having so many maintenance issues. 
because I suspect they had taken during COVID when they had to shut down the parks, they took a lot of that money that they normally use for maintenance and crammed it into entertainment to try to, to, to keep the boat afloat there. And then when COVID ended and they had to reopen the parks, they didn't have the money to do maintenance on stuff. And so they, they've been passing money around, kind of circulating it around, uh, uh, paying Peter uh, or robbing Peter to pay Paul. And, and it's finally come home to roost. The investors uh, for the past couple of years, at first they were showing some concern, but the last couple of investor calls, they started grilling Bob Iger pretty seriously regarding why they are losing money. Why Disney is no longer paying dividends to them. And Bob Iger came to the startling realization, as a lot of leftists have to do when they are struck in the face with reality, when their fantasy world that they have constructed around themselves come crumbling down. He came to the realization that Disney is actually subject to the market, just like everybody else. As a result, he has come out and said, I think it was in, a, in an interview uh, for, for like Forbes or something like that, or Vanity Fair or some, something, uh, that, that Disney, Disney needs to uh, quiet down the noise when it comes to the culture wars. And what he really means, let me explain what he really means. The reason that he said this is to try to uh, calm investors down and prevent them from selling off their shares as they should be doing and as they should have been doing, despite the fact that I am not a financial advisor, nor am I giving financial advice. If it had been me, my money would have been gone from Disney a long time ago, years ago. Uh, after after the the end of uh, Endgame, when they started Phase Four, when they started really destroying Star Wars with the sequel trilogy, my money would have been out of there. There, the, and there are some investors, by the way. A lot of people were thinking the reason that the stock prices were hovering above eighty dollars uh, a share is because there were a lot of people who were trying to buy the dip in hopes that Disney's stock would rebound and then they would be able to make a big profit. Disney's stock is not going to rebound, folks. It's just not. And Bob Iger is starting to come to that realization. The little narcissistic prick that he is is starting to come to that realization. Now, of course, it's it's still somebody else's fault. It's not his fault. The, it's still the fact that everybody else is stupid and they don't realize how truly brilliant and inspired and inspiring he is. So he he puts out this, you know, talking about quieting down the noise. The reason he put that out again is to calm the investors. When he says quieting down the noise, what he means is we... The consumers need to shut the hell up. That's what he means. And he hopes that's what's going to happen. He's, he's still not planning on changing anything. I promise you he's not going to change anything. He is like Pharaoh of old during Moses' time. His heart has been hardened, folks. 
we're talking cement mixed with epoxy. He ain't coming back. He ain't changing a thing. All right. He is still absolutely convinced that what he is doing is right and that it is Disney's job to influence culture and act as a, a, a leader in, 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 in leading the United States away from it, from its old, tired, uh, reactionary, conservative roots. That he truly believes that that is his calling, and he will never give that up, I promise you. Which, again, is why if I had money in Disney, I would be dumping it. I would be getting rid of it. I would be selling that stock. Uh, anyway, but not giving financial advice. If you've got money in Disney and you're happy with it there, by all means, keep it right there. Um, and if you're a leftist, I would suggest buying more stock in Disney. I absolutely would suggest that if you're a leftist. But I'm not giving any financial advice. Still, Iger's not going to change anything. He's not going to change anything. And he's going to hang on as, as long as he can to, to, to uh, his uh, CBS or ABC, whichever one it was. Uh, and, and, and even um, uh, Lucasfilm, though maybe not as hard as Lucasfilm, because he's not going to be able to make any money off of Lucasfilm ever again. Star Wars is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. It is not coming back. And it will not come back until, unless and until... Disney sells it to somebody who actually loves Star Wars. So, but he's still going to try to hang on to it because he has to keep up appearances, you know. The king has to at least pretend that he's got some clothing on, even though he doesn't. So that's what he means when he, he, he's talking about quieting things down. There are a lot of pundits on YouTube right now saying, oh, it's too little, too late. But no, no. Not too little, too late. He's not changing anything. He's just talking. It's just talk. He is absolutely not going to change anything. If he does change anything, it's just going to be little things here and there to make it appear like uh, he he intends on changing things. To, again, to try to calm the nerves of the investors. But no actual real change is going to occur. Now... While we are on the subject of Disney, while we are on the subject of wokeness and, and how it is destroying Hollywood, let's take a look at the writer's strike. The writer's strike has officially ended and there is much celebrating in the propagandist news, the worm-tongue media, saying what a great and, and wonderful triumph the... the uh, uh, negotiations turned out to be and this is going to be a win for everybody except for the people that are thinking the writers thinking that they're going to be going back to work because the vast majority of them are not and the reason the vast majority of them are not is because the studios took this opportunity to really start culling all of the things that are not working because the studio executives, despite the fact that they love to talk about how woke and progressive they are at their little tea parties and cocktail parties and stuff like that, when it comes right down to it, most of them are real cutthroat businessmen. And they know that they want their studios to be profitable. Now, if you want to talk about too little too late, 
this is it. It's too little too late for them. It's too little too late for the big studios. What they are doing now, because they have had such a bad last, I don't know, five years or so, because they went all in on wokeness and all that kind of stuff, and they hired all of these pink and purple and blue-haired little losers, uh, uh, little little uh, uh, participation trophy uh, generation children to write for them and write garbage for them. They have not been making any profits. Their advertising profits have fallen through the floor to the point now where they have absolutely no choice but to contract. And by contract, I mean they are planning on putting out fewer shows and the shows that they do put out are going to have shorter seasons and are going to be staffed a lot smaller and the budgets are going to be infinitely smaller. They're talking about now where an average series uh, or an average season for a series like uh, between uh, I think they said one. No, that can't be right. Um, it's it's going to be small. The budgets are going to be a lot smaller. What this is doing, and this is kind of a good thing, is it is reintroducing the market to Hollywood. Because what they're going to have to do now is the studios are only going to spend money on writers that are good. Writers that have proven track records not writers and showrunners who have had like one or two uh, jobs on uh, Star Trek, uh, the, the, uh, on Kurtzman's Star Trek or, or little uh, independent uh, type media. They're going to want people who have a proven track record of writing and producing shows that make money that we, the public, are going to want to watch so that they can start selling airtime again to their advertisers. That's what the studios are going to want. So all of these people who are out there on the picket lines going, Oh, we want a, we should be paid a billion dollars every five minutes. You know, and oh, this, that, you know, we're just, we deserve this and that. No. They're not going to have jobs. They're not going to have jobs because the studios aren't going to pay for them to have jobs. There is going to be massive, massive unemployment in Hollywood. Now, how does this impact or how does this signal uh, the future of politics in the United States? Well, the way that this uh, signals the future is that what is going on in Hollywood is that Hollywood is starting to collapse under its own weight. The, the, the fake culture, the counterculture that Hollywood created is now collapsing. The future of entertainment, and they might limp on for a few years, you know, the major studios might limp on for a few years, but the future of entertainment is independent entertainment. People who are not beholden to massive labor unions, who, by the way, made out like bandits on this, 
this uh, writer's strike. Uh, unlike the, the people who they claim that they're representing, just like most unions, it's the union bosses that made out. Uh, all of their other people are going to be fired for the most part um, or won't be able to be hired. That's different. But Hollywood is collapsing under its own weight. The same thing is going to happen to the federal cartel in Washington, D.C., as I have stated many, many times before, the federal cartel in Washington, D.C. is not a functional government. Rather, it is running directly 180 degrees counter to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. It is going to collapse under its own weight. We might not even have to have a national divorce per se. Rather, what might happen is that the federal cartel will collapse very much like the collapse of the government of the Soviet Union. And then the United States will just drift apart largely upon um, cultural political lines. It's already happening. You've got people conservative-type people who are leaving blue states to come to red states. And, interestingly enough, you have liberal people absolutely aghast at what is happening to their states, turning so red. They were already red, but now, now they're getting redder. These liberal people are leaving the red states and moving to blue states. And as I have pointed out many times as well, that there's no such thing as a blue state, only blue cities. Because red counties are now working on seceding from blue states. Pretty soon all there's going to be left is a few blue counties and a lot of red counties. And the blue counties are going to be dependent on the red counties. Because blue counties do not produce anything. Blue cities don't produce anything. Liberals, progressives, communists, socialists, whatever you want to call them, it's all the same garbage. Fascists, and yes, fascists were on the left. Nazis, and yes, Nazis were on the left. It's all the same garbage. All of that. They don't produce anything. They can't create anything. They are net takers. That's what I see happening right now. And as I have said, the political predictive model is a lot like those um, uh, hurricane predictive models. So you've got the hurricane where it is now, and then it kind of goes out in a cone, and it could go this way, it could go that way, it could stay right in the middle. It, it's a range of possibilities. Is there a possibility? And this is a possibility I really hope. I really hope this, this happens. You know, this, it's a mir it would be a miracle if it happens. I don't see it happening right now. I really don't. However, there have been some slight indicators that the United States could possibly be saved. Should the 2024 election actually go off with minimal hitch, 
and Trump get reelected and Trump, when he gets in office, completely cleans out the bureaucracy and really, really starts to drain the swamp, then it's possible that the United States, very slim chance, that the United States could be saved. I still think that even if he does get, and even if he does do all of these things, eventually there's going to be somebody come along that's going to try to steer it back to the direction that it was, and it will collapse. I think any changes for the positive that occur in Washington, D.C. will only be short-lived. Um, that's, that's just the way I see it happening. Uh, and I've said this multiple times too, I just see a split occurring very much the way it happened in ancient Israel when Israel separate, Israel in the north separated and Judah in the south. That's just the way I see it happening. Um, but it is possible. It is possible. But right now, I think more than likely, uh, the way that things are going currently is that there is going to be a collapse of the federal cartel under its own weight. And the, the, the states are just going to kind of, you know, join up as, as they would naturally. Like the red states are going to be with and hang out with red states. And the blue states hang out with blue states. And the blue states are going to probably try to glom on to Canada because a similar situation is happening in Canada. And, and their situation is very bicoastal as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if the blue states on either side of the United States uh, uh, join up with the blue states in Canada or provinces. I don't know what they call it in, in Canada, and I don't care. Um, so that's that's what I'm seeing happening. Hollywood is collapsing right now, and it might be able to limp on for a while. And I see the federal government, the federal cartel in Washington, D.C., uh, collapsing of its own weight uh, also. So there you go. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down below. And please share this video out there to people you think who might enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to catch my podcast, it is The, the Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts. My videos are on uh Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. And uh, you can reach me on Gab, Getter Minds, and Truth Social at Doc Bryant, and I am on X at Doc Bryant Actual. And the uh, uh, email address, docbryantshow at zohomail.com, Z-O-H-O-Mail.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you all later. So this is kind of funny. Um, everybody, I think, has heard about uh, what happened in Arizona. Now, Katie Hobbs had uh, uh, delegated her gubernatorial duties temporarily to the state treasurer, who was a Republican. And uh, this is not unusual. A lot of people were like, whoa, what's going on? It's not unusual. Um... This this 
can typically happen, like, say, if the governor is leaving the state for some reason, um, if the governor is going to be going into surgery, uh, that kind of thing. If the governor is in, in some way, shape, or form not going to be able to perform the duty of governor, then they hand it to the next person down. That's where it gets weird, because the state treasurer was not the next person in succession. The state treasurer in the state of Arizona is number four in succession. So you have the governor, two other, let's see, governor, yeah, two other people, and then the state treasurer. Uh, the other two people were Democrats as well as the governor is. And this just so happened to fall on the very day that Joe Biden went to visit Phoenix. So all three top Democrats in the state of Arizona just happened to leave the state the day that Joe Biden was going to be in the state. And this begs the question, why didn't they want to be around when Joe Biden was going to be in the state? And the obvious answer is that because Joe Biden is political poison. You see, the, 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 the Democrats and the worm tongue media uh, are all trying very hard to, to spin the idea that Joe Biden is just this uber successful, the, the most successful president in the history of the United States ever. And, and, and he's, he's just the most wonderful, amazing human being. And, and this is very typical of, of, of Democrats who, whoever their leader is, he becomes an object of worship because Democrats have no God. Their God is the state, and whoever is the head of their particular state happened with Clinton, definitely happened with Obama, and they're really trying to push it with Biden. But, I mean, there's only so far you can go. It's just like, you know, watching certain movies, you are expected to have suspension of disbelief. That's what the Democrat uh, machine the the statist, the establishment, the cartel machine expects of their followers. You will believe what we tell you, and you will worship who we tell you. And we're telling you to worship Biden. And 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 in order to do that, of course, you have to suspend some disbelief. And it was not that hard for them when it came to Clinton. It was def definitely not that hard when it came to Obama. But come on, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, who has since he walked into Congress, has been the dumbest human being in Washington, D.C., and that's saying something. And he held that title until AOC showed up. And he's certainly the dumbest person to ever, ever be in the White House as vice president or president. Uh, 
And he, he was assassination insurance for Obama. Uh, that was commonly known. And so them trying to push the idea that, oh, he's just the greatest, most wonderful president in the whole wide world ever, and he's just the greatest ever and had 81 million votes, BS, and and just everyone loves him, and he's just doing a fantastic job with absolutely the highest... Um, uh, the 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 highest uh, level of um, inflation uh, in history, and and really high unemployment, and and the the most number of illegal aliens that have ever crossed into the United States ever. That's the most wonderful president ever. So they expect that from their followers, but again, whenever. Uh, reality comes into contact with fantasy. Reality wins every single time. And the reality is that Joe Biden is political poison. He is not the most popular president in U.S. history. He is doing a horrible job. The economy is in shambles. He is actively facilitating an invasion of the United States of America and one of the states that is suffering the most under that invasion is, you guessed it, Arizona. Now, Typically, when a Democrat president shows up to a place with a Democrat governor, the Democrat governor is there to greet him and take pictures and glad hand and kiss babies and all that kind of crap. Uh Uh-uh. When they heard Joe Biden was showing up, they flew the coop. They disappeared, Jack. And uh, so... That's that's actually what happened in Arizona. They were avoiding uh, being seen with the most popular president in the history of the United States of America. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button down below and share this video out there to people who you feel might enjoy it. Um, you can get my videos on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble, and you can hear my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts. I want to thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all later.